Since 1994, Convoy of Hope has been bringing help and hope to those who are impoverished and suffering throughout the world. In doing so, we've served more than 70 million people in more than 100 nations. We have the power in our hands to transform the lives of people who are desperate, people who are hurting, people who have no hope, people who are alone. But once they've moved from hopelessness to hope, there's no limit to what can be accomplished in their lives. Our impact is on level with bigger organizations. Thanks to our strategic corporate partners and a dynamic worldwide network, we're able to feed nearly 150,000 children and their families in 10 nations and rush emergency food and supplies to some of the most far-flung places on Earth. We also hold community outreach events, train women to start businesses, and help farmers in developing nations increase their yields. Some have referred to us as one of the world's best-kept secrets. That depends on your definition of a secret. Jesus said, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And, and for Convoy of Hope, God is opening amazing doors with influencers around the world. Hey guys, it's Day here. Hi, I'm Drew Brees. My brothers and I have worked with Convoy of Hope for a while now. I'm playing for Convoy of Hope. They're an amazing organization. They feed a child in need for $120 for an entire year, which is unbelievable. Convoy Help has done so much for, for these kids and for these families, these farmers. The International Relief Organization, Convoy of Hope, started rolling its trucks to prepare for a response. A Missouri-based charity called Convoy of Hope is here handing out coats, blankets, food, water, real help for real victims. And since Thursday at midnight, you have raised, brace yourselves, a quarter of a million dollars. Major corporations, celebrities, and influencers from both the private and public sectors have strategically aligned with Convoy of Hope because they believe, like we do, that no child, mother, or father should go hungry or have to suffer under the crushing weight of poverty. So much help with Convoy of Hope. Not yeah. the first time we've seen them in action. Yeah. They are there when you need them. Well, good morning. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to have you with us today. And uh, this morning, uh, I want to familiarize your familiar, make you familiar with. I'll get it right in a minute. Uh, just a couple of things that are on your seat that Kevin referred to earlier. One is this uh, this guide about Convoy of Hope. So if you're here for the very first day. Uh, and you're like, man, what is this? What's going on? This will help give you some vital information as to what we're talking about today. And, uh, and then there's an, also a giving envelope that's there on your seat as well uh, that at the end of our time today, I'm going to give you adequate time. Trust me, I'll give you plenty of time to prepare yourself at the end uh, to give. And you can do that with cash. You can do that with check. And if you are doing it with a check, please make it out to Life Church uh, so that we can make one check and give it to Convoy of Hope. And, uh, and then you can also do it with credit card, which is through this. And then there will be also be a text to give option if you want to just use your phone and don't want to use any paper at all. You can do that. And so today our guests are coming to us uh, from Convoy of Hope. And so um, I'm going to be introducing them in just a minute. But the uh, co-founder of Convoy of Hope who's joining us today, Dave Donaldson, wrote a book called Relentless. And if you don't have this, I would encourage you to pick up a copy of this. 
And after the service, it's going to be in the foyer. You can pick that up. And then also Dave's going to be there to sign books if you want those done as well. It's just a great about his story and, and really what God's doing with, uh, with Convoy of Hope and, and ministering to people. So Dave Donaldson, the, con- the co-founder of Convoy of Hope, is here with us with his wife, Christy. And then also uh, Dr. Jason Struble, who is, um, well, I'll let him, he's called Dr. Dirt. I'll let Jason kind of explain a little bit of his what he does for Convoy, and how God's using him. And so would you give an incredible Life Church welcome to uh, Dr. Jason Struble, as well as Dave Donaldson as they make their way. Amen. Good to have you guys. No oh, jokes pleasure. this time, Dave. Okay. We almost, we almost <laughs> lost it last service. That's how, like, don't you hate when somebody talks about something that you weren't at? But it was really funny, so it was a good time. So uh, it's good to have you guys. Uh, great, to, glad that you made it through the snowstorm of the century yesterday. They were stuck in Chicago. Can you imagine? I just said, flying to Milwaukee, we always land our planes, not in the flatlands of Chicago. Holla, anybody? I'm giving you yeah, some props. Thank you right there. That's it. So, uh, so anyhow, so got you guys here. Actually got a car to you. And last night's service, we were... Kevin did the longest amount of, na- of announcements you've ever heard in your life. I mean, he was talking about everything and just going on and on. And so uh, and we're waiting for them to get here, so to walk onto the stage immediately from the car uh, to do this. And so we are honored to have both of you here. So maybe introduce yourself and, and have a greeting, and then we'll get right into our conversation. Well, thank you. And as you mentioned, uh, first and foremost, I want to introduce my better two-thirds, my wife. If she'll stand, Christy, and... She, she is from North, North Dakota, so it's a heat wave out there for her. But I met her over 30 years ago uh, in uh, Newtown, North Dakota, where there's more cattle than people. And uh, I say that for young people, you know, that God knows where you're at. Yeah. I literally met her in the middle of nowhere. And so uh, a true diamond in the rough. But, you know, I was thinking this morning... My, our son, he's 21, and he attends uh, Evangel College. I should say he's enrolled at Evangel College. <laughs> I'm a little concerned about how much he's attending. But uh, he was saying, hey, Dad, people are telling me that I look like you, that I resemble you. And my first thought was, poor kid. Wish he had taken after his mother. But uh, when I think about this church, you know, you resemble your Father in heaven, your joy, your compassion, your generosity, and your vision. Thank you. Truly a vision that right here from Germantown, Wisconsin, you are changing the world. Thank you. And so thank you, you know, for the joy of being here, your five-star hospitality, for serving on our board, board of directors for Convoy, and influencing really this vision globally. My pleasure. All right, well, um, I'm Jason Struble, and so thank you, Pastor, and the whole team for just really, you you have been gracious hosts, and it's been really fun to... That just means they've eaten a lot. That's what that means, right? (laughs) Which is true, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's right. uh, uh, It's my first trip to Wisconsin, and so I really appreciate being here in this uh, new state that I get to mark off. But... uh, they do affectionately call me Dr. Dirt at Convoy of Hope, and I have, um, that comes from both a, I have a ministerial degree, but then I have a PhD in soil science, and my specialty was something and then charcoal, and uh, 
yeah, I'm the world expert in using cow manure to absorb phosphorus from charcoal pellets. <laughs> it matters. <laughs> but uh, I have the opportunity <laughs> at <Con> <laughs> It really Sorry. does, actually. Hey, this uh, is where we I, almost lost hey, our last service. All I, I want, all I want, want to know is filter, filter, how many, filter. how many leaders have a staff person that loves manure? We are blessed, man. I can't. Do you have I can't that? comment right now. Because it's so many if you're jokes for a nonprofit or in full-time ministry, management matters. That's right. It and does. so, we. Uh, but no, I have the opportunity. They call me the resident nerd to really oversee our agriculture pieces. We um, we currently have eleven agronomists and. Um, in three in a, three countries, you know, I'm flying into Nairobi next week to help interview a few more in our East African offices to um, teach families on agriculture so that they can integrate best management practices to increase their yield. And then I get to advise and really all things science and nerdy for Convoy. Awesome. And you're also uh, on staff, uh, you're a professor at uh, Evangel University? I am. Because really Convoy as a whole believes that, you know, I'm a nerd, and God has called me with a heart of ministry, but also a, a love for science and a love for compassion science, that we need to start investing in and training that next generation of college students to raise up the next um, mathematicians, um, chemists, water purification experts, um, fertility specialists, so that when people like Convoy and other nonprofits say, we're looking for this, mm -hmm. it's spirit-filled, Christian-based, educated individuals awesome. that are filling the gap. That's awesome. Well, I'm going to get right into this, and Dave, I'm just going to begin with you. Tell me the story behind Convoy. Every organization, every there's a backstory. So talk to us about how this came to be and, and how it affected your life. Well, if we could put the photo of our family in 1969, uh, our parents were pastoring in Northern California, and you can see them, but along with our siblings and our, our dog, Buffy, Cat Billy, and soon after this photo was taken, our parents were driving down the freeway and a drunk driver slid across the divide and hit them head on. Our dad was killed instantly, our mother survived, but they literally had to pin her body back together again to survive. And so there we were, uh, three, three boys and a, a younger sister, wondering what would happen next. You know, where would we get food? Who would take us in? And compassionate people like you brought us hot food for nearly five months until our mom was well enough. And uh, amazingly, our mom is still alive. And if she were here today, she'd be the first to tell you that she has many gifts, but cooking was never one of them. <laughs> I mean, she loves to say that most of the time she would use a smoke alarm as the timer. <laughs> I kid you not. We had to pray before the meal and afterwards. And... And, and Thanksgiving was always frightening. I, I remember we had we invited all these friends over and we could smell something, some, the alarms going off. And we open up the oven door and the, the, the turkey, it, it, it looked like a catcher's mask. You know, it was just like, you know, gone. But, you know, I was thinking about it. You know, these people were so gracious to bring us that food. The only problem is that they would bring us like three of one thing. And we had four kids, like three pork chops. But... Uh, the two I had tasted pretty good, you know, yeah. but, uh, but there was a question, you know, who would take in, you know, four kids? And I can tell you there was not a long, long line of people waiting, but this family, uh, they, they had big hearts. And as you will see, they didn't have a big house, the Davises. They lived in a single 
wide trailer. And I recall the day when we uh, arrived at the trailer and I was hugging my pillow with one arm and my bag with the other and I, I wondered, you know, would this just be another stop along the way? Would they really want us and keep us? And as we walked up, the door swung open and there Mr. Davis stood. And he had this warm, inviting smile on his face and, and as we shuffled inside, he gave each of us hugs and he said this, he said, you are with family and this is your home. That four-letter word with, it meant that they were not only willing to share their space, but they were willing to share their, our, our pain, our anger, our sorrow, and even to invite that into their home. And, you know, Aaron, that's what compassion means. It literally means to suffer with. And so I write about it in my book, that four-letter word, and how God has blessed us with the solutions to the world's greatest challenges. Wow. So being fatherless at that young of an age has to have an incredible impact. And I know that it's kind of, you and Christy have been involved in some things, even personally beyond Convoy, that really have come out of that. Talk a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Well, we became foster parents. Okay. And I can tell you that we had every excuse available to not be foster parents. You know, do we have the room? You know, what is it going to do to our existing children, bringing a stranger in inside and so on? But we went through the training, and we were hoping for a boy because we already had two daughters. And the agency called us, and they said, we don't have a boy, but we have a young lady. She's 16 years of age, difficult to, to place, and you're the only family that has been approved in the area to take her in. So when we heard that, we thought maybe God was doing something, and we invited her over to get acquainted. And she had been so bruised and abused that while we're talking with her, she's on the, the sofa, and she's like this. Mm. And, and so, you know, truly a heartbreaker. And we, but we, we decided that we wanted her to be part of our family. And so that, that day came, and, 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 and tragically, the foster parent, literally, he dropped her off and said, good luck. Wow. And so she gets out of the car, and, she, and she's holding her pillow, clutching it with one hand, and her bag with the other. And, and, and I remember we were just looking out the window as she approached, and I, I opened the door, and I gave her a warm, inviting smile that Bill Davis had given to us 40 years earlier. And as she walked into our home, scared, you know, trembling, we gave her hugs, and we said, Barbara, you are with family, and this is your home. Wow. And so she's now attending uh, Evangel University. Uh, she's on the, uh, the honor roll, and wow. there she is right there next to our other two daughters on the left. And uh, she is a trophy of God's love. Wow, that's amazing. That's awesome. Thank you. So today, we're really kind of celebrating this one day to feed the world. Explain, just from your own perspective, Dave, what that means and where that comes from and, and, and all, all of that. Well, you know, the Bible says it's that we all have a field. And that field represents our life. It's our time. It's our talent and resources. And it doesn't matter if it's big or small, like the Davises. We are to give the first fruits of that field to our local church. But in addition, the scripture we'll put up on the screen is very clear that when you're gleaning, leave the corners 
for the poor people. And so the world wants us to consume those corners. But God says, no, I want you to reserve that for the poor. So one day to feed the world is where we challenge each other to leave one day's wage representing the corners of what God has blessed us with to help the poor in our own backyard, America, and around the globe. Wow. So Jason, talk to us a little bit about Convoy of Hope feeds kids, but it's a lot more than that. There's a, there's a process behind this. There's an intentionality behind this. And talk to us about how that works. Yeah, Convoy of Hope feeds 150,000 kids a day in 10 different countries throughout the school year. And tonight, when people go to bed, there'll be 800 million, um, 800 million individuals around the world who will go to bed chronically malnutrition, which means that for over, almost up to over a year, they have not had the daily um, caloric intake to survive and to function. And so we know when we go into our communities and we go into the poorer communities, we have to address that chronic malnutrition and we have to do it with a meal. Because when we intervene with that meal in an entry strategy, and that's our entry point, it allows us to have a voice into the community, into the leadership, into the family, and really into the heart and the soul of an individual with the gospel of Christ. But if we only stop there, then we're just a stopgap measure. And that's not who we are, and that's not who Convoy ever wants to be. And so um, when we look at this poverty cycle, our entry is that meal. Because it does, it takes that acute and that chronic malnutrition and allows somebody to eat. Because if I can eat, I can survive. And then we go into that place where we really look at it from a very holistic and transformational piece of looking at hunger and breaking that cycle of poverty. And we go in with a nutritious regular meal that includes all the micronutrients and the things that allow us to be able to create the brain cells that we need to and heal like we need to or stay awake during school. And then we'll go in and we'll, we'll do filters, and sometimes we'll partner with organizations that'll do wells, but we are able to help that community with clean and safe water. Because I can give you all the nutrition that you need. However, if you've got bugs that are in your water and in your intestines, you're not going to keep that nutrient down. And, you know, it's just going to keep that cycle of disease and pestilence and parasites going over and over and over again. And I can't keep the nutrients inside of me. And so we have to be able to stop that gap, and we do that with water. And we've got some great partners. And, um, you know, right now in my class, because I'm here and traveling to Nairobi next week, my students are um, actually designing a septic system that um, could be used in the countrysides of Nepal. And it's all about how my students are creating models to be able to address this. And then we come in and when we're partnering with schools, we're helping with that education piece and we're training. You know, Convoy of Hope, we actually did something the other day at our, at our board meeting. And in, since 2014, We've trained 63,000 individuals as Convoy of Hope, both domestically and internationally in all kinds of ways. So we're able to go in with training and with education and partnering with the local schools because we've given them food, we've stopped the chronic cycle of disease, hopefully with clean and safe water. Now we're keeping them awake in school, and if I can stay awake in school and pay attention, I can graduate. And if I can graduate or get one level up of education that my parents had, then I can be move up in my community. And we are convinced that those kids that weren't feeding in school will eventually transform their community for the better. And then it's all integrated with the local church and the local faith-based community, where, where we're feeding, 80% of those are always connected to a faith-based connection and or churches like yours around the world who are going into the local school and giving lessons on the gospel and that hope and that peace that we find in Christ. 
Because if I go in and I help with water, um, food, education, that's great. But what sets us apart is we believe that a saving knowledge relationship with Jesus Christ is essential. And so if we don't intertwine that, then we're just another nonprofit. And that is not who we are. We love God, and we're not ashamed to say it. And then as we start that exit strategy, then we start working and empowering women, and we start doing business training. And we'll take, you know, six ladies who were in prostitution, and, we'll say, and they'll, they'll say, well, we want to be, um, you know, we want to do this, and we want to do this, and we want to do this. So we will come, and we will help partner with them and educate them because what we know is that if I give a woman $100, 95 of that dollars is going to come back into the family, come back to the household, come back to the kids. And so if we've empowered the women, then we've changed a generation. Hmm. And then lastly, we'll come alongside with um, farmer education. And it's not just that um, out in the fields, but we'll do backyard gardens. We'll be integrated into the school system in Nicaragua. And we are training people to take care of themselves and then giving them access to the market. So when Convoy leaves, we've given them the meal, we've cleaned their water, we've helped educate them, we've had the opportunity to give them a choice to come to Christ. And in the end, we can pull out and we've changed a community so that we can go to the next community that desperately needs our help. And it starts with a meal. Wow. Dave, anything you want to add to, to that? <clears throat> it's especially close to my heart having three daughters. The power of what Jason just talked about. Uh, first of all, young women. If we don't provide clean, safe water in their village, they're spending their entire life having to venture out of the security of that village to fetch water. And as you know, you've seen it. Young women are spending their life, on the average, walking four to five miles a day. And tragically, it puts them in harm's way, you know, where they can be attacked, raped, even kidnapped, like we saw in Nigeria. It doesn't need to happen. We, you just heard it. We have the technology. Right. We have the resources that we can connect to the need to make sure these young women have a safe passage through life. L listen to this. I, it blows me away, as I've now worked in over 90 countries, that God has supernaturally deposited in women a sense of optimism, that things are going to get better for them, their children, their family. And when you tap into that lookout, wow. you truly help rescue from the slums, from prostitution, malnutrition, slavery, uh, to become really a hope for their, their village. Because it's true. You train a woman, you train a nation. Wow, that's powerful. Jason, talk to me a little bit about two other things that Convoy does uh, in, along the same line. And that one of those are community outreaches, most of which that happen in the U.S. in underserved areas, and then also about disaster response. Yeah. Um, you know, you saw in the video the entry where um, we do community events. We do these community outreaches. And what we'll do is we will go into an underserved community and we will partner with 30, 40 local churches, civic organizations, and we will bring them together as the catalyst to create an atmosphere of hope in a community. And it starts and it's centered around people getting groceries, but it goes so much beyond that. You walk into the avenue and to the venue and we have haircuts, resumes. Um, we, you know, we work with the American Breast Cancer Society and they you know, will do screening. Um, we'll partner with organizations for shoes, and we create an atmosphere of hope for individuals. And then as they come back around, 
they get bags of groceries, and we're talking millions of tons of groceries at different outreaches and bags that go away, and they always have the opportunity to pray with somebody in their needs. We've done over a thousand of those in the last, um, you know, 21 years of convoy. We had one in Las Vegas yesterday, our one, our last for the year. 10,000 individuals showed up in Las Vegas wanting and desiring and needing help. 2,300 volunteers, 3,500 individuals said, yes, please pray with me in the prayer tent. And over 100 came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That's awesome. And it's really fun and incredible atmosphere to watch and watch hope exist in a community that just didn't know that hope could be there. Wow. And talk to me about disaster relief and disaster response that Convoy does. Well, it's the same type of piece. We are, we are big enough and small enough to be very strategic on when we can, you know, when we move in. And we've, um, out of that 21-year re relationship with different governmental agencies, people will call us because they want to know where we're at. So a disaster hits. We have a faith-based network, and we can get into countries. We can get into locations, and we can be there very quickly, very strategically with food and water. And in a lot of our countries that are disaster-prone, we've got things already staged. Now, we had another typhoon or another weather event that just came to the Philippines. <laughs> Here we go. Here's a picture of our warehouse up on Twitter. It's already full of groceries. It's already full of water. It's already full of these things because we've got a network of 700 different churches, and it's going to be distributed out. And that happens every time, and it is um, part of Convoy's well-oiled machine, and it really starts around food and the gospel. Awesome. Now, Dave, I want to ask this next question of you. We're watching in our living rooms in America what's happening in Syria and actually throughout Europe with the greatest migration of people that our lifetime has ever seen. I know that Convoy has already distributed 800,000 meals just in this because of what you're talking about, Jason. You guys have boots on the ground, strategic relationships that are there, uh, Convoy of Hope Europe being one of those, those, those points of contact. Uh, talk to us about how Convoy is responding to this crisis and really kind of maybe things that we're not seeing uh, on the media. Bono said, where someone lives should not decide if they live. And so for Convoy of Hope, the Lord has strategically led us, as you mentioned, in Haiti. We already had a filled warehouse prior to that earthquake. The same was uh, along the Jordanian-Syrian border. I was there a few years ago. And they, these are not refugee camps. They're settlements. They had, you know, we're talking almost one million people that have been there for several years. So we were already serving in those camps with local ministers, missionaries. And it's so important that in this ISIS culture where they're using intimidation, fear, mm. that our brand of Christianity is the, it's the opposite of that. It's love, it's compassion, it's helping these families survive. And so when ISIS comes looking to recruit young men for terrorism, these young men say, hey, that's not the life I want to follow. I want to follow these people that are helping my family survive. Wow. So this morning I was on the phone with uh, the uh, Convoy of Hope Europe director, Michael McNamee, who's in Brussels. Brussels is in lockdown. He was telling me that uh, uh, even the, the local churches there in the area are not having church, but that because of strategic partnerships and, and developments that Convoy has, uh, right, even uh, some of the refugee camps and things of that nature that are happening, they're there. Um, matter of fact, I think there's a slide of this. This is Michael with a young uh, Muslim girl 
Uh, and uh, these are tents that Convoy has helped purchase along with uh, uh, ponchos. And this is, this is Moloch where they were just, uh, they, they've gone in on raids. This is this area. Uh, and so then also, you'll go to the next slide, you'll see um, this is a prayer tent that Convoy uh, set up right in the middle of this. And so they're there um, having church and praying for people. And what's happening is, is he was telling me that some of the Muslim clerics are coming in and upset and they're taking over these tents when they go home at night. So then what you guys do, which is I think is brilliant, is we're not going to fight you. We're just going to get another tent and we're, we're going to put it up. And so what's happening is, is, is this ministry is going on. And uh, which is um, any talk, because I think sometimes this stuff gets so politicized that we forget these are people. And, uh, and, and you have a perspective. Any, anything else you'd want to add to what's happening and, and how we well, respond to that? Well, Jesus prophesied this was going to happen. You know, there are going to be earthquakes, pestilence, floods, fearful events. And then he goes on to say, do not be alarmed. What he's saying is be prepared. Because this is a glimpse of the last days. And, I, and if you look at Luke 21, Luke 21, Jesus is talking about these, these events, these disasters. What's the context? The context is the story of the widow's might. Jesus and the disciples are standing there looking at the temple. This, this widowed woman gives all that she has. And then Jesus says, this temple, with all of its opulence, it's coming down. Yeah. And these are the things that are going to happen. What's his point? His point is that this woman had eternity in her heart. It was in her sights. She was all in. And friends, right now, if we will be all in, I believe that we have the greatest opportunity to share the good news of Jesus to the poor, not just in our lifetime, maybe ever. Wow. You know, the other thing I noticed, too, is, is that when you respond out of faith and out of fear, which is what Convoy does, which is the Great Commission, right? We're to, we're to love people, to go into all the world and preach and teach the good news of Jesus. Um, that's the greatest um, response to terrorism. Because then the, the Bible says that perfect love drives out and casts out fear. And, and terroristic activities, ISIS and and Islamic uh, extremists and jihadists, it's all built upon fear. But that when Jesus comes in, there's an eradication of that. And so giving a cup of, of water, going and ministering in these areas, what you guys are doing right now with the refugees today in Brussels, when the church is shut down, the church really isn't shut down. The church is active because of this love and this compassion that, that goes. And, uh, and the greatest thing I think we can do, because uh, I hear a lot of chatter about this, is, um, and it's all over the airwaves, is to stand with our missionaries, to stand with our strategic partners like Convoy of Hope that are there on the front lines and to, and to give and to go. I mean, I had a conversation in the, in the lobby today about Kevin and Noel Miller. This is where they're going. Um, and if you are there where they're going to be living, it would be like a city, like a suburb like Cedarburg, and, and it would be like a city like Milwaukee. And, and to see downtown Brussels completely shut down is, is just weird. It's bizarre. But in the middle of that, that's where this, this is raising its head. But yet we have strategic relationships and partnerships with Convoy of Hope that share in the love of Jesus, which is the greatest thing to combat it. And, uh, and I'd encourage you today, if, if this is something that really concerns you, pray. Much prayer is needed, but I also encourage you to give. This is an opportunity to do something about that because that's what's going to make the difference. 
That's what's going to make the difference. Sorry to me to preach, but I just... That's good preaching. That's good. Come on. Somebody call me a taxi. All right. So, Jason, I want to kind of wrap this up, and I want to ask you, can anybody participate in Convoy of Hope? Even you do it with college students, and sometimes we hear, well, I don't have any money, and I don't, you know, and how do you respond to that? I say, yes, you can. And, you know, don't buy a quesarito, buy a taco. Um, at Taco Bell, <laughs> everybody can give something. And, you know, the story of the, of the widow's might is just the example of that. So whether you are a high school student, whether you are a 20-some college student, you can do something. But I think the other piece of it is, is you can get involved, you can give. Um, I've got college students who on a regular basis, you know, they don't have much, but they went to Walmart out of the $1 bin and they actually created, they call them their homeless packets. And uh, they're, they're in a brown paper bag, they've got toothpaste, toothbrush, deodorant and a granola bar and they actually will carry them in the trunk of their car mm. and when they see somebody begging that's what they give them somebody can always they can, you can do something and it doesn't matter what your age is and especially if you're a college student then this is what I encourage you to do to dream a God-sized dream to dream a God-sized dream with the call that he has given you because I can tell you that when I felt that I was called to full-time ministry I didn't know that God would use my love for dirt and science to do what I'm doing. I was talking to one of your last year's summer interns and he's getting his mathematics degree. God will take a mathematics degree and do amazing things in it for compassion, for the widow and the orphan. When you go to him and you say, God, I want to dream a dream that is your size, not my own. And you've shaped me, you've given me habits and abilities and talents. And in my case, a love for nerdy dirt. Use it, use it to change the world. And he will. Dream a God-sized dream. If you're a high school student and you're saying, I want to be a chemist, then be a chemist in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you're a college student right now, a majority of your professors, they live in a hopeless environment where it's publish or perish, and they don't know what end is up because they just know what is in the next level for their publication, interject hope into their life. Show them compassion. But God will use you when you dream a God-sized dream. And instead of playing Xbox for three hours, play it for two and come down and volunteer at the church. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're going to wrap some things up. And I, before we do, I want you to see a video. It's a powerful, transformative uh, clip about a girl named Kate who Convoy of Hope ministered all that we're talking about to her and the effect and the change that it had. Check this out. Yes, sometimes I go to bed. I have no food in my stomach. If I don't have enough food, I, I can concentrate in my studying and I can understand what my teacher was saying to me. Thank you because the food that they give to us will not be wasted. 
this November. I'm in college. I'm taking up hotel and restaurant services. By God's grace, um, we have our food now. I'm so grateful and I will be forever grateful that Convoy of Hope is um, as a sponsor of our church for me to continue my study and have my meal. <laughs> hard now um, for my future and someday I promise to myself I'm going to help them help, help my community here our community and our church that and I will I'll someday become the sponsor of our church like you guys so thank you. <laughs>